You know, when you have a show about gratitude, you've got to be grateful for your sponsors. And in our life of gratitude, you know, we all have guides. Somebody that guided us through our lives, that made us appreciate those things that we have. And that's why I'm so delighted and so grateful for our sponsor, Life Guides. Life Guides is a peer-to-peer community that helps people navigate through their day-to-day stressors by providing a place of empathy, listening, wisdom, and support with a guide who has walked in your shoes, experiencing the same challenge or life experience as you. A true life guide. And because you're listening to our gratitude podcast, if you go to their website, lifeguides.com forward slash schedule a demo and add the code HEALTHY. 2021. The code is HEALTHY2021 in the free text box. You'll get two months of their services for free. Two months for free. So sign up, show your team you care, get a life guide, be grateful for those guides in your life as I am grateful for our sponsor, Life Guides. Hey, everybody, welcome to Leading with Gratitude Live. I'm your host, Chester Elton, the Apostle of Appreciation, coming to you live and in color from the Gratitude Epicenter of the Universe, Summit, New Jersey. A lot of people don't know that, the Gratitude Epicenter of the Universe. Hey, listen, we promise you 30 minutes of great information, great inspiration, and a roadmap to a life of gratitude, not only at work, also in your personal life. And we are sponsored by our good friends at the Methods Network. If you're looking to invest in your personal development, no better place to go than methodsof.com. There's great courses there by Marshall Goldsmith, the number one executive coach in the world. Sally Helgeson, uh, you know, helping women rise. Uh, I've got a great course in there on teamwork. And Martin Lindstrom, one of my favorite marketers of all time. Well, for tuning into our show, all you have to do is when you go to the checkout, if you look for the annual membership, All you got to do is put in Gratitude 2022 and you get a 50% discount. Boy, it doesn't get any better than that, does it? Well, listen, our show is based on our best-selling book, Leading with Gratitude, available at fine bookstores everywhere. And I want to introduce you to our guests today. While we're streaming on LinkedIn and all this great stuff, we bring you great guests. And of course, we're always grateful for our gratitude community that tunes in. Let me tell you a little bit about Jennifer Edwards and Katie McCleary. Let's start with Jennifer. Some Jennifer really Edwards great is a business and, and, interactions and to really understand working with Fortune 500 companies and boards, equipping them with uh, to perform and collaborate optimally when pressure and stress hits. Her clients include top leaders in global companies, including Microsoft and WeWork. She's a partner at Winning Streak Ventures, an early stage venture capital fund which invests in disruptive technologies and companies. That's Jennifer. Katie. Katie is an entrepreneur and storyteller who trains leaders, creatives, and humanitarians to launch big ideas by leveraging their social and cultural capital. She's the founder of 916 Inc., a nonprofit that has transformed over 4,000 vulnerable youth into confident authors. She's the host of The Drive, a podcast on NPR's Cap Radio with the American Leadership Forum MV in Sacramento. Now, they are the co-authors of this wonderful book called Bridge the Gap, how to uh, break through communication tools to transform work relationships from challenging to collaborative, a book that Inc. Magazine called one of the three books that you must read in 2022. Wow. Hey, uh, Jennifer and Katie, 
Welcome to our humble show. We're just delighted to have you here. Thank you so much for having us. <laughs> you Absolutely. got it. We're thrilled. Hey, well, listen, you know, what's wonderful about the show is we, you know, with LinkedIn, and I know you're both have good presence there. We get people tuning in from all over the place. We've got Sarah from France, uh, Jose from Pennsylvania, Natalie from Bend, Oregon, Nancy from Boston, Donna from New Jersey, Go Devils, uh, Arme from Argentina, and Maddie from New York. Now, uh, before we get into the questions, I've got to go to Wichita, Kansas. JP is at the Question Command Center. So Donna and Army and Nancy and Natalie, I know you're going to have questions. She'll curate those, and we will try to stump our experts on how to create these wonderful collaborative. Yeah, JP, I have missed you, man. Okay, Jennifer, let's start with you. Um, you know, in, in your book, you say humans, human beings are born to connect. But in today's increasing polarized world, we're losing sight of the importance of building and maintaining professional relationships. And that's bad for business. So, Jennifer, we're going to go with you first. If we're born to connect, why are we not connecting anymore? And, and how can we fix that? Well, Chester, thank you for all you do in this community and for so many. Um, you serve people like us daily when we have a chance to step into the work you bring into the world. So thank you for having us. Well, connection is at our core. And I got to say, connection is absolutely what we are wired for. But we are in this thing called a human suit. And this human suit can be tricky <laughs> at times. When pressure hits Chester, you know that the human suit doesn't actually deliver sometimes at the optimum level we want it to. And we have been under pressure. This thing called a pandemic, political pressure, we've seen um, you know, racial issues bubbling to boiling over. We've seen economic insecurity and uncertainty. And realistically, connecting is hard when pressure hits the brain when it hits the body and when it hits really the tapestry of relationships, both at home and at work. So it hasn't been easy, Chester, has it? You know, not at all. I, it's so interesting. You talk about that, that human body suit, you know, we, we, where you've got to kind of, it doesn't protect you as well as, as you'd like. Um, wonderful insights. Thank you. You, you know, Katie, uh, you talk about the book about showing up. I, I have to tell you, it's one of my favorite subjects. Like, if you want to get things done, you got to show up. You know, it's almost this like preacher mantra. You know, my brothers and sisters, you got to show up, you know. Now, you say you got to show up the right way. You got to bring the right energy. So talk about not just showing up, showing up the right way. I love the way you say it. Thank you so much. We love to say how you show up matters. Your energy enters a room long before words leave your mouth. Your tone, your excitement, your smile, right? So if we can pause in moments of pressure, in moments of self-doubt, when we may have to go and interact with someone that is different than us, that we may not understand, take a moment and say, how am I showing up? How do I choose to show up so that I can be experienced in a connective way, in a solution-oriented way. And, you know, it takes self-awareness. It takes choice. And we want you to show up energetically curious and with um, the heart to absolutely connect. You know, it, I, I really like what you're saying about you show up with energy and curiosity. You know, my dad always used to say, there's no substitute for enthusiasm. 
You know, if somebody shows up enthusiastic, it just draws people in. That energy draws them. I also really like this idea of being curious. You know, that idea of stay curious, ask lots of questions, get people involved. Well, you know, Jennifer, back to you. We talk about we got to make sure that we're connecting and the pandemic has hit and all this stuff that you, you talked about. So you work with some great companies. What are some best practices in companies that you found that's ha- helping people to reconnect? You know, there's a lot of talk about hybrid workplace. How many times do you have to show up? Um, talk to us a little bit about the companies that are doing it well. What can you teach us on that? It's a great question. Um, well, as we're all returning to work and for when we look at the companies that are doing it well, they remember this core piece. And I've heard you talk about it before, Chester. And it's this. We need to remember that people want to connect. No one in the world is trying to be unhappy. And this important thing, everyone you meet, including yourself, is doing the best they can with the skills they can access in the moment they're in. We need to have compassion, understanding, while still extremely high expectations of all of us. But we need to understand that when times are tight, when pressure hits, when people feel insecure, confused, uncertain, they are doing the best they can with the skills they can access in the moment that they're in. And when I walk into some of these amazing companies, publicly traded and small mom and pop stores, making a huge difference in local communities, what they do is two things. They show up consistently and are present in front of their clients and their team members. Yeah, they show up curious, wondering what they don't know they don't know. And that's a really important thing. Curious humans make the world better. Curious humans ask questions that actually are um, engaging, agendaless, and most importantly, care about the person in front of them. And I'll tell you, Chester, it's a game changer when you walk into organizations like that because you know you're safe. You know you can collaborate better. You know you can throw ideas out. You can try new concepts and really make a difference in what you do and how you connect, communicate, and collaborate with others. You know, that is such a wonderful concept. You know, that word that you said, safe. You know, I show up and I feel safe. You know, in, in, in our work on gratitude, we talk about assume positive intent about people. To, to your point, I, I'm coming to work and I'm doing the best I can. I, I don't, you know, people don't know what's going on if I'm worried about my parents or my kids or my health or, or whatever. I'm doing the best I can. I love that you put that. And, and when I have that positive energy and I'm in that place where other people make me safe, it's easy to be curious. You don't have to worry about making a fool of yourself or being ridiculed. Well, you're sparking a lot of questions, okay? So we're going to go to JP in the Question Command Center in Wichita, Kansas. And we're going to uh, see what the uh, what the internet is, is saying to us. Uh, JP, the time is yours. Hey, Jennifer and Katie. I'm going to let you guys arm wrestle over these because I think you both have some really keen insight. Um, you know, in the, in this stage of the pandemic where we all kind of retracted, what has to happen inside of me in order to begin to reconnect? Wow, that is a great question, right? What do I have to do internally? So internally, one, you have to make a choice. How am I going to show up? What's my intention? What's my positive intent? We know that leading with gratitude, curiosity, 
really wonderful energy is magnetic, right? So internally make the choice and don't self-doubt it. Now, when pressure hits your body or doubt or fear or, I just don't know if I can do it today, we have to disrupt it right away. We have to coach ourselves through. We have to quiet any sort of soured, negative um, internal narrator or thoughts in our head. And we can do things like pinch our thumb. We can go take a walk and get a fresh breath of air. And then we enter. That is great advice. Anything you'd add to that, Jennifer? I think she nailed it because here's what we all know. Wherever we go, there we are. I've heard that kind of expression all over the place. And what that means is I have to have personal responsibility how I show up. I can't have, I can't change you. I'm the author of myself. So it becomes utterly critical that I choose whether it's a routine or a habit to show up with such intention. May I even say a declaration to myself of how I want to be in the moment I'm in and not let it be just haphazard. Excellent. JP, you've got another question, if I'm not mistaken, in the question command center. Ask away. I do. I do. So do you find it harder in today's companies for professional women to collaborate? Is there a gender gap in collaboration? Ooh, that's a great question. Huh. I've never been asked that question. (laughs) So it's a good stump, but I have to say, I work with a number of women and especially over this last few weeks, we've been talking a lot about women's international day and um, experiencing it for this month. And um, I would say that the pandemic has hit women hard. Um, Many of them chose a hard choice, but a caring choice to stay home and take care of their children um, during this pandemic. And as they return to work, they are going to need to um, find new ways to collaborate if they've been out in a while. Um, But I do find that the women I work with have a natural tendency toward collaboration a natural tendency to saying, hey, I see in you something special that I'd like to bring into the conversation. It's a great question. I see that over and over again. So I charge all of us, women or men, to really be thinking as we're going back into that workplace, how can I not push an agenda? How can I not should on somebody? How can I instead say, hey, where are your thoughts and how can we create something new and new and innovative together? Great question. Yeah, and great advice. Hey, uh, Katie, where can people find more about your work and buy your book and listen to podcasts and all that good stuff? Where would you send them? Yes, you can go to howtobridgethegap.com. We have articles, podcasts, um, talks, information. We're really about serving you. Excellent, excellent. Hey, um, you talk about in your book, and Katie, I'm going to come back to you on this one. You talk about personal responsibility, awareness, megacognition, and curiosity. It's kind of these four keys. Now, we've already talked a lot about curiosity. The one that I'm really interested in is this megacognition. It sounds like kind of a Marvel movie kind of thing. So can you unpack that for me a little bit? Oh, my gosh. You are talking one of my most favorite subjects. So <laughs> as, as a species, as humans... We have this wonderful, rare gift 
of metacognition. So the lion, the lion, when it wants to pounce, attack, roar, it just does it. It does not think to myself, should I attack roar right now? It's instinctual. Human beings have been gifted with a prefrontal cortex, which is where collaboration, communication, and creativity live. And we have the ability to think about our thinking, think about the quality of our thinking, and make internal decisions before we go to reaction. So when we're in a relationship where we're struggling, or when we're having a bad day, we have to seize in on our ability to have metacognition to say, hmm, why do I feel the way that I feel? Why am I having the thoughts I'm having? And how can I be aware and curious about the shifts that I can make in order to maneuver where I intend to be? It's a beautiful gift, metacognition. Yeah, you're really interesting. You're thinking of that in a different way. So uh, I'm going to go back to you, Jennifer, and have talk about personal responsibility. You know, so often in the workplace, we say, well, it's on my manager to keep me engaged. It's to my boss to make sure that I'm excited about work. And yet you've, and, and in the four, you put that first, like personal responsibility. Talk about why that's so important. You demonstrate it. And it has a lot to do with gratitude, Chester. Personal responsibility sits in the space that I get to choose in every given moment to be an author of my life. How am I going to show up? Am I going to lead with a heart that has a curmudgeon energy? Or am I going to lead with a heart, a mind, and a mouth that has a filter of gratitude, hope, possibility, and seeing the best in the situation I'm in? See, personal responsibility really sits with this formula. E plus R equals O. Event plus your response equals an outcome. And if we can remember that that R is our personal responsibility, we really can show up radically different in the world. Be light where there's dark. Be hope where there's confusion. And most importantly, be agents of peace and kindness. Because we need more of that in this world. We need it more in our families. We need it more in our businesses. And, you know, sitting here in the United States safe while Ukraine is in one of the darkest spots, um, we need it in the world. You know, thank you so much for that. You know, be peace and kind, you know, be kind. It doesn't, it costs you nothing, right? No. And it's so easy to do. Um, that was beautiful. Well, JP's got another question for you, and uh, I want to shoot it back to her because uh, she asked great questions, and, and we're going to go to you first on this, Katie. So, you know, we know the answer will be brilliant. That's a given. JP, what's the question? <laughs> well, I don't think this necessarily is anything that the four of us struggle with, but I know lots of people in the professional world that do. If I'm a more introverted person, how do I build or show up in my energy when I'm normally trying to blend in? Ooh, I love this question so much because I actually really am an introvert and um, I have had to learn tricks and strategies to pull myself into the room, to go and network, to go 
and have eyes upon me when I just want to hide. So I really appreciate that question. One of the tools and strategies that's really helped me is that I don't have to be an extrovert. And in fact, it's really about sitting strong within yourself to know who you are and that you're confident and worthy as is. This isn't about being the loudest voice in the world in the room, nor is it about being the most charismatic. It's about entering and then pushing yourself to go make one connection with someone. It's about smiling and saying, hey, what's your story? Tell me about you. And then it's about listening. And listening is silence, right? It's true presence and connection. And I think that introverts are really amazing about that. So don't go in saying, I have to dominate the room. Go and find one to two people and say, hey, I'd like to get to know you. Tell me about yourself and see where it leads. That is such interesting advice. Just one quick question and then listen, right? And then listen. So, you know, our, our, we went from leading with gratitude to writing about, I always say we, my, it's my co-author, Adrian Gostick and I. We went from gratitude to anxiety at work. So talk a little bit about how your work, because you, you, you say, um, find it really interesting that um, the biological reactions when we're under pressure, which you've talked a little bit about, and stress at, uh, at times, you know, the lows and highs of work. So how does your work bridge the gap, help people deal with anxiety? I mean, anxiety levels are as high as they've ever been. Uh, Jennifer, I'm going to give you a shot at this one. Great question. Um, so the number one thing we do in the book is we normalize it. We help you really understand what's happening in your brain when stress and pressure hit, what the chemical cocktail is that's going to your prefrontal cortex and how it's impacting your ability to speak clearly, think clearly, articulate clearly. So what we really want people to understand is they're normal. Nothing's really weird. They're just in a biological hijack with their brain and the chemical cocktails that have taken away their executive function. So we give a lot of strategies about how to disrupt your biology. Yeah, we call it biology disruption. How do you disrupt these forces, this hijack, so that you can return to optimal function? And here's why that's so important, Chester. When your brain is fully hijacked, research shows that you can be for up to 26 hours less effective. And nobody wants that, not in business, not in your family. So we really help you understand that there are ways. And you know what one of the largest one is? A gratitude journal, a gratitude list, Ah. returning and grounding yourself, just like you know, to what is true, what's important, what is kind, and what I can do to bring into the world greater kindness and care. You know, it's so interesting that you bring up that. This is my gratitude journal. I I keep it right next to my desk. You know, and I write the little thing. It's, you know, it's one of my favorite things to do. I I have to tell you a funny story. I actually left this. um, We were down visiting my my son and I actually left it on a pew in, in, in church. And I came back to get it and it was gone. And anyway, we tracked it down. The guy put it lost and found it. And I said to the guy I found it, I said, well, did you did you read anything? He said, when a book looks like that, I was afraid if I opened it up, like a curse was going to come out or something. It was like <laughs> a spell book. You know? 
Um, so I, I thought that was great. Hey, I, I want to talk to you, Katie, a little bit about, you know, your personal practices. I mean, Jennifer talked about, you know, a gratitude journal. Are, are, do you have personal practices that help, you know, you, the introvert, you know, deal with um, stress and anxiety? And can you share a couple with us? Yeah. So, I mean, we live in a really fast paced culture and society that just does meeting to meeting to meeting back to back to back. So I've learned how to build 10 minute buffers, 15 minute buffers in my day to go out and to sit in the sun. I call it lemuring. I literally look like a lemur and I soak up the sun. <laughs> I soak up the quiet. Um, I really uh, practice uh, sprint writing lists, which is where you can set a timer for about five minutes and you just literally make a list of everything you're grateful for and everything you're proud of. And it doesn't have to be perfect at all. Just let go and see what bubbles up. You know, it, it is so interesting, isn't it? That, uh, you know, in, in our work, we, we never found a great culture, a great leader, a great team where there wasn't that red thread of gratitude. You know, it comes back mm -hmm. to what you were uh, saying, you know, Jennifer, about kindness, giving people grace. It's so interesting that when you, you look at the noise that comes through on your newsfeed, if there's one thing that's always missing, it's that piece. And, yes. and I, I find it just fascinating that when it shows up, how what a dramatic impact it has. And, and, and just a quick example, a friend of mine sent me a photo in Poland at the train station and mothers had left strollers at the train station for the women with their children that were fleeing Ukraine with basically nothing. So that when they showed up, there would be a stroller that they could put their child in. And it was just so heartwarming. And I thought, I need more of that news. You know, I need more stories about kindness and 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 gratitude. Okay, so we're 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 coming up to the end of the show here. We're in the you know the the home stretch. Tell me a little bit about so that was gratitude in a in a personal level. I, I bring that gratitude to work. How do I show that grace and that gratitude? Give give me two quick examples, Jennifer. Number one, start with what's working well, genuinely wanting to celebrate another. Way, way too many of our conversations are in the what's not working and what's painful. So number one, be willing to celebrate another and find out what's really working well for them. And number two, be curious about the person in front of you's lived experience, their backstory. It is really, really hard to not care for someone if you've taken the time to know them. Make sure you really do um, have a heart for the person in front of you because that is game changing. You can't deny someone their humanity when you really know them and you will find yourself in gratitude for whatever they've experienced and in greater connection. I, I think that's tremendous. Know their story. Okay, we're in, we're in the home stretch. Katie, two, two gratitude practices in less than 15 seconds. One is that the leaders need to constantly be going out and recognizing their team. They need to build that container. And so one way they can do that is give little awesome citation notes. Have ways that are easy for people to go out and give compliments. That's a wonderful practice to do at work. Excellent. And we always ask our guests, what are you grateful for today? So give me one thing you're grateful for today, Jennifer. I'm grateful for partnership, for collaboration, for this woman in front of me. We're opposite people, opposite values, yet we love each other. 
Excellent. Katie, it's your turn. I am so grateful for the way that we as a nation and a world are showing up for Ukraine. There's been far too much division. And while I don't want ever war to be the thing that brings us together, we are showing up for people. Yes. Excellent. Well, hey, our 30 minutes is up. 30 minutes of great information, inspiration, and tools to make your life a little better. Thank you so much for being our guest. We got a quick commercial from our publisher on our wonderful book, Leading with Gratitude, available at fine bookstores everywhere. Alan Mulally, the guy that saved the Ford Motor Company, said, I love, love, love this book with a not so subtle call to action. Buy me, buy me, buy me. We also want to give a shout out to our thank our, our sponsors at Methods of. You get a 50% discount 2024. Here's our team. We've got JP in Wichita, Kansas. We've got Christy in Atlanta, Georgia. We've got our wonderful guests, Katie and Jennifer, and our, our incredible producer in Austin, Texas, Brent Klein. Hey, listen, thanks for spending some time with us. We love our gratitude nation. Be kind, be grateful, be of service, and we will see you again next week. Take care, everybody. Be grateful. Oh, let's dance it out. Bring up the music, Brent. Give us your best, you know.